Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Amen. Thank you very much. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Judges chapter 8. Judges chapter 8. Stephen Ambrose has a, a book entitled Victors. This deals with General Dwight Eisenhower and the preparations for the D-Day invasion of uh, uh, France, attacking the Germans there in World War II. General Eisenhower, he states in this book, making all of these preparations comes down to the night before the battle when 175,000 men are going to storm the shore. And he says these words, uh, he said, My fear was that out of 175,000 troops, this all rested on a group of 18 to 20-year-olds. So the future of the free world rests on a group of young men. Only a few had ever been in combat. Most had never killed anyone, had never seen a buddy killed. The question was, how would these kids perform under fire? Now, we know the answer to that question is they perform tremendously. And we're free today because young men at a crucial point in combat, they stepped up. The moment they went ashore, they were never going to be boys again. The scripture that we're going to read here is about a young man, a boy who his father takes him with him into combat. And at a crucial moment, he says, draw your sword. It's time to be a man. And at a crucial moment, he says, I cannot. Could not make the transition from being a boy to being a man. The question for every male that is here, I didn't say every man, I said every male that is here this morning is, do you have what it takes to be a man? Let's look in Judges chapter 8. I'm going to preach about a young man named Jather. I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, From Boys to Men. Judges 8, verse 18 Then Gideon said to Ziba and Zalmana, What manner of men were they whom you slew at Tabor? And they answered, As you are, so were they. Each one resembled the children of a king. Gideon said, They were my brothers, the son of my mother. As the Lord lives, if you'd save them alive, I would not kill you. And he said unto Jather, his firstborn, up and slay them. But the youth drew not his sword because he was afraid, for he was yet a youth. And Zeba and Zalmanah said 
Rise, Gideon, you kill us, for as a man is, so is his strength. So Gideon arose, slew Zeba and Zalmana, and took away the ornaments that were on the camel's necks. From boys to men. I want to begin by laying a foundation. I want to talk about being stuck in childhood. In this scripture, we see the potential of a life. This young man, his name is Jather. His name means he who excels, or literally his name is excellence. This is speaking about his father's hopes for his life. And the Bible doesn't tell us a lot. It just simply says he was the firstborn. We know by being firstborn, he would be in line for a double portion of blessing and inheritance. And biblically, there is a precedent that he could follow in his father Gideon's footsteps and be a blessing to the nation. But in this scripture, we see that is not automatic. The potential of your life will not automatically be fulfilled Manhood involves transitions. It involves moving from one stage to another, from one level to another. It involves growth. Becoming a man means that we are not meant to stay the same, that we are, should be making progress in life. We read in this scripture, manhood involves fulfilling duties. There are responsibilities. As the scripture begins, this is the Old Testament law of blood vengeance. His uncles had been murdered in cold blood and there was a provision. And he is being asked to take up a family responsibility. Manhood involves fulfilling our calling. Colossians 4, 17 say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry that you've received in the Lord so that you fulfill it. Here's the problem. Growth doesn't come in neat, easy packages. That's what this story is all about. It is not something pleasant sometimes. It's not, you know, I think I'll grow while playing golf, uh, uh, sitting around watching TV and sipping lattes. Boy, I'm growing. How about you? (laughs) Growth involves, number one, things that are unpleasant. They are no fun. That's the problem with manhood. Draw your sword and kill. And he's looking, but... Cut their heads off and the blood's going to go everywhere. And they're going to look at me with those eyes. That's messy. Don't we have lethal injection? No, growth sometimes is unpleasant. It's messy. It is no fun to be a man. It involves number two things that terrify you. Verse two, but Jather didn't draw his sword because he was only a boy. He was afraid. He was not confident. He was not comfortable in this situation. And that is simply like much of life is men are asked to do things that they have never done before. They are asked to do things they are not good at. They are asked to do things that might not work out well. 
That is manhood. And at those points, Jather says, I can't. I can't. Allowing fear to dominate our decisions. The word fear in this place, it is reverence. That's one of the meanings of it. It is involving worshiping. People who are afraid and will not act anyway, they have chosen to place what they fear above God. You're worshiping the thing that you fear. Proverbs 29, 25 says the fear of man brings a snare. This scripture says that he was unwilling to draw his sword. Here's the picture. He was unwilling to make the transition from boy to man. He wanted to remain a child. A man named Adrian Rogers said, You can be born a male, but it takes maturity to become a man. This scripture is a perfect picture of many in our generation Those that are male by plumbing, but they are stuck in childhood. They have not yet made the transition to manhood. Years ago, there was a Dear Abby advice column. This woman wrote in, she said, Dear Abby, my 37-year-old husband is extremely intelligent, has a university degree. He works as an engineer at NASA. But when he's at home, he likes to drink milk from a baby's bottle. Should I be worried? Now, if you heard that and you said, and what's the problem? We got problems. There comes a point when the bottle's got to go. This man wants to hold on. He doesn't want to make the full transition to manhood. We read these days, there's a a term, it's called the boomerang generation. It refers to young adults who choose to move back in with their parents or grandparents after college. Or it's talking about those who've never moved out of home in the first place, often for the selfish benefit of not having to be uh, uh, responsibly independent. Adult children who move back in with their parents no longer have to worry about how the rent or mortgage will get paid, whether there's going to be working utilities, where their next meal will come from, uh, uh, when or how the the home or laundry will get cleaned. The adult responsibilities are taken care of by the parents, thus allowing adult children to continue as perpetual minors with the freedom to come and go as they please, living their lives as if it were a lifelong party. You're a man, but you're still living with mama. It's a lot easier, isn't it? Manhood's messy. Manhood's scary, but you can't remain Stuck. The motto of Jather or of child man is, I can't. Draw your sword. I can't. What you're really saying is, I won't. I am unwilling. I'm unwilling to change. 
from what I've been. I'm unwilling to grow, unwilling to take responsibility. I'm unwilling to say no to emotion. I can't. You know, the problem in our world is that many, they settle for a substitute manhood. This is the whole, uh, the music generation of men walking with their package to the front. Because they think sexuality is manhood. They think violence is manhood. They'll fight at the drop of a hat, but they cannot work a job and be responsible. Cannot make the transition because in our culture they have assumed that sexuality and violence makes you a man. Listen, every little boy, long about 18 months, two years, he discovers his dingling, doesn't he? It's like a new toy, man. His hand is there. That's fine if you're two. If you're 32, 42, 52, 62, and you've just never moved away. Jather, it's time to be a man. It's time to move on. But he's stuck in childhood. Let's talk secondly about the decisions of manhood. Because the transitions of manhood involve some deliberate decisions. Physical growth is a natural process. There's no teenager that has to sit around going, I want to grow, 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 grow. We stand at the front door, Pastor Mitchell and I, and greet people as they come in. And I I marvel at the, the young kids and in our church, they'll, they'll walk in, and it's like my common question to parents is, what have you been feeding these kids? Obviously not what I was eating their age. Because it's a natural process. They, they just grow. But the growth to manhood, however, you're going to grow up spiritually. You're going to grow up mentally and emotionally. That involves deliberate decisions. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I chose. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Be strong. In other words, he says, act like a man. You can choose this. So let's look at our scripture. Let's see. Some of these are measurable. Number one, manhood comes by accepting unpleasant tasks. Manhood in this scripture, it comes at a cost. There's a cost involved. Up and slay. That's unpleasant. Manhood comes by accepting the reality of unpleasant tasks. You want want to be a man? That's not strutting around. Manhood involves accepting tasks that are 
boring. The daily grind, I go to work. I don't feel like going to work. But you go anyway. That's being a man. It's unpleasant. Things that are difficult. It involves voluntary humility. A lot of guys will participate if they get to be the star. But sometimes manhood is just being, playing your role. What do you need me to do? Manhood involves the cost of people backlash and unpleasantness. You know, it drives me crazy as a pastor. Pastor, uh, there's somebody in church, and I know that they're involved in terrible sin. But I don't want to say anything because uh, I don't want my name to be used. Let's let the whole church go to hell then. So you don't have to face any unpleasant looks. Sometimes being a man is unpleasant. Is it right? First Timothy, or 2 Timothy 2, 3, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Hardship. It is difficult at times. It was Martin Luther. He was called before a representative of the Pope and the Emperor. In 1520, he had been branded as a heretic by the Pope. He was facing trouble. In the afternoon, they had a table covered with his writings that he had spoken out against Catholicism. They said, are you willing to renounce this? This is not somebody giving him a funny look or calling him a Jesus freak. This is going to alter his whole entire life. And he came back the next morning and they put it to him again. Are you willing to renounce? And he said these famous, these famous words. He said, I cannot and will not retract. For it is neither safe nor wise to do anything against conscience. He said, here I stand. I can do no other. God help me. Amen. So I'm not backing down because it's difficult. I'm not backing down because it's unpleasant. Manhood number two comes by facing your fears. So I said, being a man involves lots of things that you're not comfortable with, things you've never done, things you're not good at, things that are, have no guarantee of working out. The mistake many men make at this point is they say, I'm willing to do those things as soon as there's no fear. Right now, I just don't feel confident. No. Draw your sword. Not now. No, I'm, I'm not saying I won't. I will. As soon as I wake up one morning. Listen. The only people I know who have no fear are drunk. <laughs> right? That's why they call it liquid courage. <laughs> Alcohol goes in and your brains go out. That's the problem. Manhood is not, I have no fear. 
That's not the point. Real courage is men who face their fears. I'm not comfortable with this. I'm, I'm not confident in this. But it has to be done. So I take my responsibility. Manhood is refusing to take counsel of your fears. Listen, from the time that I felt the call of the ministry, I've done one thing after another, after another of things that terrify me. And as soon as I get good and confident at one thing, then God asks me to do something else that I'm not confident at. That's manhood. So do I say, I don't... There's a famous English general that when he went into battle, his knees would shake so bad they had to help him on his horse. And he said one day, he looked at his shaking knees, he said, you would shake more if you knew where I was about to take you. (laughs) Manhood comes, thirdly, by dealing with your enemies. There's no doubt in this passage in dealing with the enemies, they had a process. These men were probably tied up. The Bible tells us what they did to enemies. You would put your foot on their necks before you killed them. We see this, Joshua 10, 24. When they brought these things to Joshua, he summoned all the men of Israel and said to the army commanders, Come here and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came and put their feet on their necks. This was a visible picture. This is our enemy and we are not going to let our enemies rule our life. We rule them. Now listen to me very importantly right here. Christians love to find boogeymen's. They they love getting left-wing Democrats, getting the letters of their name, multiplying by six, divided by the barometric pressure. Six, six, six. Mm. After 2001, Muslims have provided an easy foil, and they are the enemy. But can I tell you something? Greg Mitchell gives me far more problems than a Muslim ever will. I would love to tell you that those left-wingers, whoo are going to destroy the country. Listen, Greg Mitchell gives me enough fits to last me a lifetime. So my enemies are not out there. We've got to find enemies. Facing your enemies is what? It's us. It's disciplining our flesh, dealing with who we are. 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I discipline my body like an athlete training it to do what it should. 1 Peter 1, 13, so therefore gird up or tie up the loins of your mind. Be sober. One translation says think clearly and exercise self-control. You know what in this scripture really stinks, this boy? It's time to be a man. I I, I can't. And the enemy is mocking him. (laughs) Hey, Gideon. As a man is, so is his strength. 
Most scholars say that is translated, hey, don't send a boy to do a man's job. Can I tell you something, gentlemen? The enemy is mocking you too. There are men here, you came down to an altar and you prayed and you said, I am going to be different. And the enemy said, You? How many times have you been to the altar this year already? And now you're going to deal with yourself. The enemy is mocking you. He's a liar. And Gideon has none of that. And he deals judgment, manhood. Finally, it comes by dealing with what life brings your way. I said to you that manhood is decisions. There are things you deliberately identify. You deliberately, I will deal with this. I will do that. But there's an element in this scripture. This, he's a kid. He's, he's riding along with dad that day. And all of a sudden, dad says, pull your sword. You talking to me? Now? This sword? I, I, I wasn't, <laughs> hey, I, just, I thought I was watching. I wasn't expecting. Can I tell you something? There's a whole bunch of things in life that life throws at your way that you really would rather not deal with it. It's not multiple choice, man. Life brings things your way and you, you could we schedule that for 2097? I think I can fit that in. You heard the old story. A fire started inside a chemical plant. Firemen are trying to battle the blaze. The chemical company president, he came up. The fire chief, he said, all of the secret formulas in our business, they're stored in a vault in the center of the building in the fire. He says, I'll give you $50,000 if you can put out that fire and save the formula. They battled and they couldn't. He came again. He upped it. He said, I'll give you $100,000 to any company that can put the fire out, save the formulas, and they couldn't. All of the firemen were amazed. They heard a siren. And here come the all-volunteer, over 65 fire department. And their truck came careening through the gates, crashed through the wall right into the fire, All of the old men jumped off and with a vengeance attacked the fire and put the fire out. The company president in gratitude, he said, forget $100,000. I'm going to give you $200,000 in gratitude. Shaking their hands, he says, what are you going to do with the money? And one of the old boys said, well, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to fix the brakes on that truck. That's a good picture of life, isn't it? You ever had that? You're headed for something. You're going, no, 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 no. Close with this thought. Let's talk about standing at the crossroads. Our scripture shows us that there are marking points in life. There are crossroads decisions. 
There are points in your life in which, from that point, you will never be the same. Life will never be the same from then on. Your life will be altered. Your destiny will be changed. There are going to be points in life in which when you step up, you draw the sword and you say, okay, it's time to be a man. There's going to be an opportunity. You're going to grow. Every man of God can look back. There are points in their life in which I made this decision and I grew. I went to another level. I was never the same. Draw your sword, Jather. Deal with your enemies. Be a man. You will never be the same. This was the chance of a lifetime. That's Jather. Was he the guy who killed Zebans? That was him. That's how he started his battle career. But at a crucial moment, he would not draw the sword. See, this can be a negative truth. The crossroads decisions of life. Life can go either way. That can be negative. Men miss their crossroads decisions sometimes. The problem with Jather is that he's never heard from again. Except for the news of his death. And he's unnamed. It just says the sons of Gideon. Missed his chance. And there never came another point in life with which Jather said, Okay, hey, I'm ready. Now I'll be a man. He missed it. But this can also be a positive truth. I want to tell you something. The point at which you make up your mind and you take responsibility, God will meet with you at that point. Psalms 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. Here's David. He says, the moment at which... I surrendered and dealt with this. God met with me and he'll do that with you. Here's John Mark. Think about him. There must have been potential in this young man. They invited him to go on a missionary journey. And at a crucial moment in life, he turns back. He's a mama's boy. I can't. And he goes home. This ticked Paul off. Later on, Barnabas, they're getting ready for another journey. And Barnabas says, let's let's take John Mark. And Paul says, absolutely not. So vehement, they had conflict among themselves. I will not take that boy along because he's not a man. And yet in 2 Timothy 4, verse 11, we see that was not the end of the story. Thank God. Have you failed to draw the sword up till now? Are you stuck in perpetual childhood? Listen, there's hope. That doesn't have to be the end of the story. 2 Timothy 4.11 And take Mark 
and bring him with you, for he is profitable to me for the, the ministry. Bring him, because he's a man now. He didn't let that be. He didn't let the enemy mock him into, what's the use? I failed and failed. Why try? He dealt with his enemies, faced his fears. And Paul, the man who said absolutely never, he said, he's a man. I need that man in my ministry. What about you this morning? We come here to face issues as a man. Crossroads. You're standing at this morning. The marking point of life. From today, which way is your life going to go? You're going to go on stuck in childhood. No responsibility. No growth. No fulfilling of ministry or... From today, are you going to say, I am going to be a man? Let's welcome Brother Lee Wilson as he comes. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.